Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Today's episode of the All Angels podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. SportsDrink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Spelled like SportsDrink without the vowels. Oh, got it, got it, got it! 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it! Is it normally? High fly ball, deep left field, oh, 27! Does it again! Through this year. Wall sends it well out to left center field! This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels baseball. You listen to All Angels Podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Garcia. Now this week, this series feels a ton better than last. If you remember last series, the Angels struggled to get one win against the lonely Baltimore Orioles, but they did flip it around this series, sweeping the Cleveland Guardians, almost said Indians, Cleveland Guardians. So let's recap that real quick because obviously this series was a lot of fun. They had a four-game series starting Monday at the Big A and they're looking to bounce back from the, the disappointing series loss against the Baltimore Orioles. Before the game, Joe Madden made a little bit of a change to his lineup. And if you remember last podcast. I was a little bit critical about Joe and his, um, I guess, more reputation than anything right now. And, and some people kind of uh, commented back. Some people agreed. Um, but either way, I love hearing the opinions of, of people out there. And again, you can always DM us or comment on any of our posts at all or at um, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. But he did make a little tweak with the lineup, putting Taylor Ward at the leadoff spot and kind of just bumping everyone else down a spot. So uh, Otani batting second, Trout batting third, so on and so forth. And Ward, since he's been coming back from the IL at the beginning of the year, has been absolutely killing it, um, getting on base. You remember him taking that ball for a walk with the bases loaded against Baltimore to bring in what ended up being the game-winning run uh, to take the Sunday game at Angel Stadium. So he's been getting on base. He's been hitting well. And so Madden decided to shake up the lineup a little bit by putting him at the top of the lineup. But it was pretty much a a pitching duel for most of this game. And as I mentioned last podcast, with Shane Bieber on the mound for Cleveland, you knew that runs were going to be 
possibly at a premium. You're, you kind of already felt that this guy, Shane Bieber, who was the AL Cy Young, I believe, in 2020, is one of the top pitchers in the majors. And with Michael Lorenzen on the mound, you're looking for him to uh, be what he was last time he was at Angel Stadium against the Marlins, not so much what he was in Texas. I feel like in Texas he was overthrowing his stuff, was maybe trying too hard, but this time he came out and he was the Michael Lorenzen against the Marlins at uh, at Angel Stadium a couple weeks ago. The game would be scoreless until the bottom of the fifth when Taylor Ward comes up to bat. Delivery, and this is lifted in the air, and it's hit well out into right center field, and that ball jumping up and unable to catch it is straw. That's a home run. A home run right there for Taylor Ward. So a very close call on that home run if you saw uh, the replay. Almost got caught, and luckily, even with a review, the call got upheld. Angels up one nothing, And like I mentioned, Michael Lorenzo did great, and the Angels would hold that lead because of his pitching. He ended up going six innings pitch, only giving up three hits, no runs, four walks, so a little bit erratic at times, three strikeouts, and at a 93 pitch count. So you obviously you're starting to see now that the pitchers are going a little bit longer uh, pitch count-wise, and if you're economical about your pitch count, you can get deeper into games, and that's exactly what Lorenzen did. Mike Myers would come in after that, to, uh, Tapera would come in after that, and Iglesias would come in after that. So those three guys, all three guys went one, two, three. So obviously when we mentioned this bullpen in episodes past and how this bullpen was going to have to be a strength of this team, they are showing it right here. But in the seventh inning, Ward would come up again with one on, and this would be the knockout blow for Shane Bieber. That would be the last pitch by Shane Bieber, and obviously the Angels would go on to win this game 3-0, and because of the pitching duel between Bieber and Lorenz, and this game only went two hours and 22 minutes. And I don't know about you, when the Angels can get a victory and the victory is quick like that, I'll take that every time. But after bouncing back from a tough series against the Baltimore Orioles, playing against a really, really tough pitcher in Shane Bieber, Taylor Ward showed up and, you know, for the most part, proved that he deserves that spot in the outfield. There's a lot of talk coming into the this season how the outfield would shape up. You know, obviously you had Mike Trout coming back from injury. You had the young guys like uh, Marsh and Adele. And then obviously you at the time when they came out of camp, you had Upton. Um, so it was a lot of talk about where Ward was going to fit in this. And now it seems like he has definitely solidified his spot in right field as the everyday starter. And maybe like a platoon possibility with Marsh and Adele. But Marsh has been killing it as well. And we'll talk a little bit about the the second star guys, if you will. The the, the headliners are obviously Otani and Trout. Now the co-stars are, are definitely developing and being a huge part of this team. And we'll talk a little about that after the review. So... So going into Tuesday, the Angels were looking for Patrick Sandoval to repeat what Michael Lorenzen started, almost like a pass the baton kind of deal. And the Angels would get up early with this Brandon Marsh single. 0-2 right up the middle. Rendon is being waved in. Angels take a 1-0 lead. RBI single from Brandon Marsh. 
that would make the score 1-0. Marsh returning, as a matter of fact, after being out for two games with the stomach bug. Not sure if it's the same stomach bug that got Trout and then got Rendon, but um, coming back to miss after missing two games, and he gets the Angels on the board right away. In the third inning, Mike Trout would get a hold of one and do this. Mike Trout drives that one left field. Going back is Clement at the wall. He leaves. It's gone. Two-run home run, Mike Trout. Mike Trout wasn't done yet. When he comes up again in the fifth inning, he was only feet away from hitting his second home run of the game. Otani goes. Trout is simply on fire. Off the wall. Otani was on the move. He's going to score. RBI double for Trout. 4 nothing Angels. That would make the score 4-0. That would be more than enough for Patrick Sandoval as he has a very dominant, dominant game on the mound. Uh, he went seven innings pitch, only gave up two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts with 90 pitches. He has been absolutely light out this year. Surprisingly, this is only his second career win at Angel Stadium. So a stadium that has been giving him issues throughout his career, but has seemed to found something uh, over these last couple starts. Over the last two starts, he has pitched 15 innings without giving up a single earned run. And he's one of those guys, like I was talking about, co-star that is really stepping up and producing for this team. You look at the rotation, the first two names you think about, obviously, are Otani and Syndergaard, and those guys have been doing great. But if you can get production out of guys like Lorenzen and Sandoval to be that number three, to be that number four, solid four guys, the Angels might have something going on with their pitching staff, and it's so far been really, really good. Like I mentioned, Patrick Sandoval showed flashes of this last year unfortunately he got cut a little short with injury but if he can find that uh, form again and bring it to this year he will be a guy that the angels can depend on day in and day out is only going to help this team is only going to help this rotation but the angels would end up winning the game four to one and again another quick game another well-pitched game by both sides um, with a a runtime of two hours and 34 minutes. So two games, two pretty good pitching duels on the mound, dominated by Angels pitching. I don't think I've ever said that before. And uh, if I have, is it's definitely been a long, long time since I have. So Angels take the first two series, uh, first two game of the series, guaranteeing at this point a split of the series. So going into Wednesday, Otani on the mound trying to repeat what he did out in Houston where he took a perfect game deep into that game. So all eyes on him. Otani would be a little shaky to start off the game, giving up a two-run home run to Jose Ramirez in the top of the first inning to make it 2-0. to zero. Shoei would pretty much settle down after that. Um, you can definitely tell his slider. He didn't have the feel for a slider all game, but Adjustments they made of him going fastball heavy after that really paid off. Shohei going five innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts with an 86 pitch count. So obviously that first inning was a lot of pitches. I I believe that first inning was in the 20s. So very high stressed uh, inning. So for him to go and kind of bulldog it to get through five innings, was a very good sign for the Angels showing that, A, Otani didn't have his best stuff. 
but he was still able to grind out innings, only holding them to that two runs he gave up in the first inning was absolutely shut out after that. But that's secondary. The highlight of this game, and pretty much this whole series, to be truthful, is Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward, after getting a leadoff double, was set the table for Mike Trout to do this. Mike Trout is on a tear. That's got gap written all over the top of the wall. Mr. Homer by a foot. Two to one now. So that would make the game two to one. And two batters later, Anthony Rendon would come up to tie the ball game with this base hit. Rendon finds a hole. RBI single. We're tied up at two. So after the first inning, tied 2-2. So great response from the Angels. Great response from their offense. An even better response from Shohei. The biggest thing that I noticed in this series is that even when Cleveland scored runs, the pitchers were able to come back out there. The Angels pitchers were able to come back out there and shut them down. Not let any kind of momentum get built back up. Letting their team, letting the Angels catch up or even surpass the the Guardians without the Guardians really thinking there was some kind of momentum. We, we've had games before where the Angels seem to score six runs in the first inning and kind of stay cold after that. That's not what happened this series. And, and honestly, I think that for me is a better sign of a good offense than a one-inning explosion. Like, don't get me wrong. Those one-inning explosions are great. Six, seven, whatever runs in an inning are great. But at times, I'd rather see a two-run inning here and then an inning and a half later, two innings later, another run. Because in my eyes, it feels like if, if you score six runs in that first inning – and that pitcher ends up finding something, getting into the groove, and that's all you score, the other team can have a possibility of coming back and building confidence and getting right back in the game. But if you score three runs, and then maybe the team they're playing scores one run, but you come right back out and score maybe another run, you kind of squash any kind of confidence or any kind of momentum they're building up. So if you're going to ask me which one would I rather have, I'd rather have the team run, you know, get five runs in a game spread out between like three three different innings than a single inning six run um, where you, and then you don't score anything after that. I just feel like the responses to other teams scoring or other teams uh, tying games is, is huge and how you hold them down or how you obviously take the lead ahead or catch up. And I think the Angels did a really, really good job of it this series. So like I mentioned, this game would belong to Taylor Ward. So in the second inning, with the bases loaded, he comes up and blows this game wide open. That's a fly ball, right field, and deep, and Taylor Ward! It's 6-2 Halos! And that would make the game 6-2. In the bottom of the six, Ward would come up again and would get the hardest part of the cycle out of the way. So at this point, he has a double, he has a home run, and he has a triple. He even has a walk in there, too, 
to spice it up a little bit. And the question was, were Angel fans going to be able to see a cycle? The first cycle since Shohei Otani did it, and I believe in 2019, out in Tampa Bay. So obviously something that hasn't happened in a couple years for the Angels. Um, I can't remember the last time. I think Trout was the last time they did one at home. Uh, I believe that was in 2017. Uh, 17 or 18. So a lot of anticipation when Ward would come up in the bottom of the seventh. At this time, it's 9-2. to two, Not a whole lot of uh, suspense going on. I guess the biggest thing now was, is Ward going to get the cycle? But he ends up swinging at the very first pitch, popping it up. They end up talking to him after the game in the post-game interview. And I like the fact that he kind of let down the curtain a little bit, if you will, and said, yeah, I usually don't talk about, or I usually don't think about my at-bats and what they can lead to. And he was honest. He said, yeah, I was thinking about it this time. I was thinking about, I only need a single for the cycle. So that was pretty cool on him to, to kind of let that curtain down and talk about uh, what he was thinking at, at, at the dish at that time and how much it was important to him that he gets the cycle. So that was pretty cool. But like I mentioned, this game, the angels kind of, you felt the Angels kind of controlled all the way through, even though the final score was 9-5. to five. It never even felt like it was that close. But great offensive game, great pitching game from, from Shoei Otani just grinding through uh, innings when he doesn't have his best stuff. But you look at that top of the lineup in this game, you had a com- between Ward, Otani, and Trout, you had a combined 8-for-12, 7 RBIs, Six runs, two walks, two home runs, and four doubles between those three guys, the one, two, three guys in the lineup. And at a time where offensive numbers have been down for Major League Baseball, it seems like the Angels have been able to um, produce and produce really, really well. So um, if they're able to keep this going, hopefully once the weather starts warming up across baseball, you will see even more of the offensive numbers, even more offensive production from guys like Otani. Uh, you know, hopefully Rendon's able to get kind of back on track and hopefully Walsh is able to uh, chip in there as well. So very, very good outing in the first three games of the Cleveland series. And at this point, you're already thinking, like, okay, they won the series and you've heard this on this podcast and numerous other podcasts. Your job as a team is to win series. Um, and they did this. They did it already winning three out of the four already before they even get into the Thursday matinee getaway day at Angels Stadium. So like I mentioned, the Angels go for the sweep uh, of the Cleveland Guardians with Reed Detmers on the mound. Everyone wanted to know how Taylor Ward would cap off a great, great series against Cleveland, and he wasted no time in the bottom of the third when he singles in Kurt Suzuki with this single. Taylor Ward drives that. That could have some eyes. It's going to drop. One run is in. Still in the inning, Brandon Marsh would come up with a sharp line drive, and that would score Taylor Wade from third base. And a bloop RBI hit, and there's another bloop. It's going to drop into left for a base hit and score another run. Angels would end up scoring three runs in the bottom of the third, and that would end up being all they would need by a great outing and again to a guy that might not have had his best stuff was uh pitching early in the game was his pitch count was getting up there but Reed Detmers had a very good game picking up the W pitching five innings giving up two hits one earned run 
four strikeouts and one walk. Um, again, Detmers is a guy that you you want to see development. You want to see um, steps forward as he is very possibly you know could fit in as that fifth sixth guy in the rotation. If he is your fifth or sixth guy, or you're looking for him to make those kind of contributions to the team, that means this rotation is going to do very very well. The only time where I think this rotation can be in trouble is that if you're looking for Detmers to be that number three guy because he is young and he is promising and he is, I believe, going to have a really good future with the Angels. But I don't think he's quite there yet. But if he can be that fifth, sixth starter and be respectful at it like he has been so far this year, I think the Angels rotation is going to be one of the best in the division and possibly even in the league. Like I mentioned, he went five innings, five hard innings, you know, it wasn't necessarily free and easy. There was some stress in those innings, but then you had Bradley, Loop, Tapera, and then obviously Iglesias to come in and shut it down. Between those guys, only giving up two hits and one walk. Everything else was a complete shutout. Angels will win the game four to one and completing the sweep of the Cleveland Guardians, and they're on a five game winning streak. And as we record this after the game on Thursday, the Angels are a game and a half ahead of the Seattle Mariners at a 13 and 7 record, Seattle 11 and 8. So obviously only 20 games into the season for the Angels, but still very very promising, very very encouraging and honestly this is probably one of the more exciting stretches of games these four games that uh I've seen in a long time because it just seems like you're getting it um, from everybody, not just Trout or not just uh, Otani. There's been quite a bit of people that have been contributing to uh, Angels victories over the last uh, four games, five games. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning. And guess what? It's easy to drink, which for me, that's number one. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it. This is very easy to drink, which makes it easy for me to take every day. All it takes is a single scoop and water every day, cold water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase. That's immune supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. So obviously, I kind of mentioned it before. I want to talk a little bit of the Angels co-stars, if you will. Everyone knows about the big names. Everyone knows about Otani and Trout and Noah Syndergaard. 
But I feel like a lot of people are starting to learn who Taylor Ward is or even Brandon Marsh. Uh, Brandon Marsh was always kind of like the second guy behind Joe when it came to the prospects, the the outfield prospects for the Angels. But both of those guys, Ward, uh, Marsh, um, you know, Walsh kind of made a name for himself last year in making the All-Star game. But Taylor Ward, for people that don't remember, is a first-round draft pick. He had been shuffled around a little bit from place to place as far as positions with the Angels. Uh, came in as a catcher from Fresno State. Didn't necessarily um, have the best defensive catching, not stats, but they, they they moved him out of the catching for his defensive part of it, but they always liked his bat. They always liked how he put the bat on the ball. So he went from catching, and then he played a little bit of the corners at third base, uh, first base for a little while, bouncing back and forth, and then finally they put him in the outfield. And it seems like he has now found that spot, that sweet spot for him in the outfield. And not only that, he has worked on his swing. He is one of those guys, and if you listen to the broadcast, Gooby had talked about it before. He was one of those guys that got very caught up in the launch angle revolution or the launch angle idea of of hitting. And that just didn't fit him as a player. Some guys it worked really well with, some guys it didn't. It didn't work well for him. But he has tweaked his swing, a lot more line drives, a lot more um, almost gap-to-gap kind of stuff, not worried about trying to elevate the ball too much and trying to hit it over the fence. And that has definitely worked out for him because this year, granted, again, short sample t- short sample size, but you have 42 at-bats. Uh, his average is 381, four home runs, 11 RBIs, on base plus slugging as over a thousand. He has come out of the box on fire. And again, he missed the beginning part of the season because he was injured in spring training. So this is even, even with the full 20 games. But Taylor Ward has been doing an absolutely brilliant job. He has been making a name for himself. You're seeing it now on ESPN. And a lot of people like to mention out there on um on Twitter and stuff like that, that wow, ESPN is actually um, recognizing the angels and recognizing what they're doing well. And, and it, and it shows, and it's great that we're able to kind of now make a more uh, national name for themselves. And that's what happens when you play well and you have guys that play well behind them. So Taylor Ward has been absolutely awesome. Brandon Marsh has been just as good leading the team and RBIs right now with 15 wards in second with 11, But, uh, again, Brandon always kind of felt like he was going to be the secondary uh, or people thought he was going to be like the second outfield prospect behind Joe Adele. But he is absolutely taking this team over and has contributed in every way you can think of offensively, defensively. He's stolen a couple bases by now, but he's batting over uh, over, uh, 300. He has two home runs. Like I mentioned, he has 15 RBIs leading the team. So if this guy, Brandon, 24 years old, can develop and get better, that outfield is going to be looking really good for a while. Ward's 28, so he's still not 30 yet. Like I mentioned, Brandon, 24. And honestly, it gives Joe a little time now to develop a little bit more. You saw him on Thursday play the outfield. Otani with a day off. You slide Marsh to center field. Now you have Joe 
and uh, Ward at the corner outfield spots, and you really don't miss anything defensively. I know people are going to talk about Joe and his struggles in, in the outfield, but I honestly don't think it's nothing that can't get better over time and with reps and just being out there and being familiar and reading the bat off the ball more and more and more to make it more consistent. But there's been a lot of guys that have been really stepping up this this uh, for this team. Like I mentioned, Lorenzen coming in, had a bunch of questions surrounding him. Is he a starting pitcher? Can he do it? How will he fit in this rotation? But you have seen over the last two starts at Angel Stadium, he has been doing very, very well. ERA below three right now. And I get it. These are all with a month into the season, 20 games. But for Angel fans, it's been so long since they can even cheer about a good beginning of the month that you'll take anything at this point. So this team is going to be very, very good. I feel like the bullpen has... You've seen the bullpen roles kind of solidify. You've seen Tapera, You've seen Loop. You've seen Bradley. And then obviously everyone knows about Iglesias, and he's been absolutely shut down this year. But when you see like those four guys in a game like today or a game like Thursday where, or, or even on Wednesday when Shohei was only able to give you five innings, it just it's just a different kind of comfort I feel now that Okay, if you have the lead in the fifth, starting pitcher is only able to go five. Just get someone to get you to that sixth inning, and then you feel like you have the rest of it kind of covered with the guys in the back of the bullpen. This bullpen is very, very good, and Jeff Passan has come out and, and tweeted something along the lines as, the Angels look really good, and they will go as far as their bullpen will take them. And I, and I agree on that. I agree that this bullpen is going to be a huge part of this team going forward. Um Obviously, not every pitcher can get you seven, eight innings. Not every outing can be brilliant, but I, it feels great to know that this bullpen can hold a deficit where it's at and give this team time to continue to chip away or hold the lead to close out a game and, and win it. So a lot of stuff is going on. A lot of stuff has been a lot of fun to look to to watch whether it be, like I mentioned, some of the new guys, Tapera, um, Loop, or young guys like Ortega, Warren, and even Wants is, is here up and now. So guys that we've known for a little bit and guys that are young that you hope to develop and continue to add depth to this bullpen. And we'll see how this all plays out going forward now that they're on the road. But I, I again, kind of going back to the Cleveland series, that four-game sweep – the five wins, five out of eight wins, is huge now that they're going on the road. They're playing against Chicago, who is really struggling. And I was actually surprised when I looked up their record before the podcast today to kind of see where, how they've been and kind of what kind of streak they are coming into the series because they were favored to win the Central by leaps and bounds. I was very surprised to see that that Chicago is, has lost – Nine out of the last 10 games they've played um, and have a negative 23 run differential. So maybe the Angels are getting them at the right time. There's a bunch of guys that that are dealing with injuries for Chicago. There are a lot of guys that have yet to kind of find that groove, find that uh, midseason form, if you will, being so early in the year. And and, and cold weather out there is is different than out here. Um, 
once the season starts warming up, once the year starts warming up in the summer, some of these teams can start getting warm as well and, and, and get on a hot streak. So possibly a really good time to meet up with the Chicago White Sox who are, re, are right now at 7-11 and 11 and three and a half games back in the Central. So catching them on kind of the down tilt, probably the best thing the Angels can do right now that can, can continue this momentum. This is going to be a four-game series. You have uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the rare wraparound series that concludes on Monday before they head out to Boston. And they're in the middle of this 20-game stretch without a day off. This is the longest stretch of the year for the Angels without a day off. So you have to feel really, really comfortable right now knowing that you have five wins already. And if you can get out of this 20-game stretch with 13, 14, 15 wins, you have to feel really good about yourself there because this is going to be a test of depth by the time they come back to Anaheim and on Mother's Day weekend play the Nationals because by then they will have gone from Anaheim to Chicago to Chicago to Boston, Boston back to the West Coast without a day off to play against the Nationals. So this is going to be a really, really good test. This is going to be a really, really good uh, barometer of how the Angels' depth is going to carry this team going forward because after the Nationals, the last part of the 20-game series is in Anaheim against the Tampa Bay Rays, who is a very good team before their next day off on the 12th of May. So, again, long time before their next day off. So you have to feel good that if they can get 12, 13 wins in this 20-game stretch, come out of it above 500, um, again, with wins that are obviously going to come against teams like Chicago and Boston and Tampa Bay. And Nationals are, are, are one of those teams that have been struggling, so hopefully you take advantage of that. But you definitely, definitely, definitely like the start of this series with the Angels now winning five games in a row. So we'll see how it goes in Chicago. Weather's going to be a little cooler there, obviously. I think the highs are going to be somewhere in the 50s. So looking ahead to the Chicago series, you have Noah Syndergaard on the mound. Again, trying to continue the role he has as Angels pitcher. That's going to be on Friday. On Saturday, you have Jose Suarez still trying to find his groove, still trying to get that first win of the year, trying to lower his ERA below uh, that five mark. And then Michael Lorenzen on Sunday um, looking to continue his role, continue the great output he's doing with the ERA below three going against Dallas Keuchel, who I see his name and I always remember about three, four years ago when he was, I believe, a free agent, how many Angel fans really wanted him to come to Anaheim and pitch. Since then, I think he's been an okay pitcher. I don't think he was... Um, I don't think he's ever reclaimed that Cy Young caliber type where he was in Houston. But Lorenzen against Keiko on Sunday should be pretty fun to watch. And then, like I mentioned, this is a wraparound series with the last game, the travel day, coming on Monday where Patrick Sandoval looks to um, continue his hot streak. Again, he's he's 1-0 with a zero ERA and 20 strikeouts this year so far. So hopefully he's able to continue it out in Chicago. Dylan Cease is on the mound for the White Sox, a young pitcher in his own right that has a lot of hype and a lot of promise behind him. So that is the series. 
coming forward in Chicago against the White Sox before they take on the Red Sox. So they're kind of have a Sox and Sox uh, travel travel week for the Angels. But four-game series, again, you're trying to win series. If they are able to take three out of the four, great. You'll, you'll settle with a two-and-two two split. And if you can get a sweep, continue this roll going, uh, then you're going to have some serious, serious, serious momentum going forward into Boston. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and a lot of um, hype behind the Angels, which is going to be great because you can't win the division now. You always hear that saying you can't win the division with games in, in April or in this case is going to be early May, but you can lose it. And the fact that the Angels are going to be in the mix, are going to be involved, and that means you know, for so many years now we wanted – the Angels to be involved at the pitching deadline is this year now where they go out and get that extra bat, maybe at shortstop or second base. If they're not able to produce um, big numbers offensively there, do they go out and get another starter? Do they add a couple more bullpen guys? So obviously this is going to be something fun to watch at the trade deadline, as long as they keep competitive. And, you know, once you get to the playoffs, once you get there and, you know, obviously there's still a lot of time till that point, you just have to be a hot team. You got to be playing well at that time, regardless of how you get in. I think a lot of people picked the, the Angels to get in with the wild card spot. And honestly, right now, I think they put themselves in a very good position for that. So some tough teams to play with, uh, to play against. And obviously, the long stretch of games without a day off is going to be uh, interesting to see because now you're going to have guys with days off more so than normal. Um, you saw Otani with a day off on Thursday. Does he play the rest of this the, this stretch, or does Madden try to get him off his feet again at some point um, during this during this three three city trip? If you count, you know, obviously going to Chicago to Boston and back to Anaheim. So that's something to watch out for, and you know, can't be mad. The Angels are playing great right now, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that as fans. So. Definitely can't wait to see what Chicago holds. Definitely can't wait to see what Boston holds. And obviously back at Anaheim for Mother's Day weekend where I will be attending with my mother um, on that Sunday. And that should be a lot of fun. So now kind of what's going to go on here going to the uh, into the future for the podcast. We're going to put out a podcast Sunday night um, talking about the game so far with Chicago. Obviously, the, the series isn't going to be over, but we're also planning to do a Instagram Q&A podcast on Monday night, hopefully with a guest. We're still working out times and dates. So um, keep a lookout on that for on our show, social media, on Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. We'll, I'll put it up there on both. So next week will probably be uh, a busy podcast week for us here at the all angels podcast like i mentioned sunday you'll get the normal or i will record sunday so monday morning you'll get a normal podcast talking about the chicago series so far we'll record a q a on monday night so if you have questions get those ready they will be on instagram live that will come out tuesday night and then friday i will have a um probably a twofer to tell you the truth now that i look at the schedule we'll have a series review of Boston and we will also be putting out a Mother's Day special with Alana Hicks who is Austin Warren uh, Austin Warren's mother and how some of you might be familiar with her because obviously last year when Austin made his debut she was on Bally's and she was very very excited for Austin's uh, 
uh, debut, and that was a lot of fun. So that's going to be like our Mother's Day special this year. If you're new to the podcast, uh, last year I talked to Debbie Skaggs. The year before that, I talked to Sonia Marsh, Brandon Marsh's mother, and uh, it's a cool little tradition I'm, I'm trying to keep going. So next Friday, so a week from when you probably hear this, uh, I'll have a Mother's Day special. So definitely keep a lookout for that. That's gonna that was a lot of fun to talk to her. So. That's kind of the schedule going forward. That's the angel schedule going forward. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's allangelspodcast at gmail.com or our social media feed at halo underscore haven. Um, don't, don't, don't hesitate to comment on posts. If you like it, you don't like it, you don't agree, because like I mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast, I really enjoy that kind of interaction. And really look forward to a... Q&A with you guys on Monday night on our Instagram. So haven't done the one in a while and hopefully we'll have some more good news, some more good uh, results and it'll be a lot of fun to talk about. So until then, I am your host, Dan Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.